The first lesson comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second act, uh, second lesson comes from the book of Acts uh, 2.21. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from the heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house they were sitting in. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at the sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? But how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet of Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above, and signs on earth below, and blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on his name shall be saved. Here ends the reading. Thank you to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. I don't remember my own baptism. This is pretty common in the Lutheran church. Most of us are baptized as infants, and so instead of remembering our baptism, we instead depend on our parents or godparents or grandparents to tell us about that event. It's really rare that, um, not that rare, some people do remember their baptism, however, um, but it's rare that I actually can remember the baptism of any confirmation students on their confirmation day. I think that was because I was so young and in ministry, and that's no longer the case. <laughs> I've reached the, I'll be 14 years ordained this November, and it's about 14 years old that kids get confirmed. And for the first time ever, I actually remember the baptism of two of our five students. 
Now, one of those students is my own daughter. So that makes sense that I would remember her baptism. And then the rest of you, I was at another church at the time you were baptized. So someone remembers that. I remember the day Helena was baptized, though. It was over at my home congregation, and it was one of those days where I was so excited because we had come home from Chicago. Our family and friends were gathered along with us. Some of them are here today. And we stood around that font, as we always do in a baptism, right? People up front making promises. Water was splashed on her head, as it usually happens. Prayers were said, and then she received a blessing. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever, the pastor said, making the sign of the cross on her forehead. This happened to all of you. You had water and promise and blessings placed upon you on the day of your baptism. And in our family, what we did after our kid was baptized, and this happened when Lily was baptized a few years later, is that that blessing of the Holy Spirit became our nightly prayer. We went home with it, and so we would say our nightly prayers, and at the end of it, we would make the sign of the cross on our child's forehead and say, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. And I remember as a young mom feeling really good about that. Like, oh, I can put her to bed. All is well with the world. God's seal is on her, and God will protect her. It somehow made me sleep better at night, and it didn't feel as if the day was complete unless that blessing had been said. We said this for many years. I don't remember when we quit saying it. I don't think you do either, Helena. I think it happened when the kids started to go to bed after me, and now it's just like all for naught. Um, nevertheless, it is a ritual that I do treasure in our family. Somehow the Holy Spirit seemed kind of like this comforting presence that would surround my children and keep them safe. Now, Helena's baptism is not the only one I remember of this crew. I actually remember Elliot's as well. I bet you remember your baptism. Yes, and I bet maybe some of you in the congregation remember it as well. Ba Elliot was baptized just a few years ago. What, a year and a half ago? November 20th, 2016. Now, Elliot got baptized with his brother and sister in the front of the church, um, which it's super fun to have kids come and get baptized when they're a little older. And I remember thinking you were all so courageous to do it, and I was super thankful for it. But Elliot did something else that made it memorable. Elliot came with his own equipment. And so right before we baptized him, he fashioned some safety goggles, and he was ready to go. Now, Pastor Scott and I put on goggles, too. In fact, these were left over in the closet, which shows how much we clean up around this place. Um, and we baptized you with goggles on, ready to go. You were splashed with the same water, the same promise was said, and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. But Elliot, your baptism seemed less tame. Because I think when we wear some safety goggles, that we show we're ready for some action. We're ready to recognize that life is going to get a little crazy, that there's indeed might be splashes that happen along the way, and we're in for a wild ride. 
As I think about it now, I actually think that maybe along with baptismal pillows and candles, we should equip all of our kids with some goggles. Because this is really what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. It's not for us to just feel safe and secure, but actually it dares us to put on some equipment because God is going to lead us into some unusual places. In just a minute, our confirmation students are going to come forward. They're going to make some promises. God's going to make more promises. And then we're going to pray this prayer. We're going to say, Father in heaven, for Jesus' sake, stir up the Holy Spirit. Stir up the Holy Spirit. That seems a lot more wild than the sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross for Christ forever. Suddenly I'm a little nervous about that Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and into our world and when it is stirred up, crazy and yet amazing things happen. We just heard about it in the gospel text or the Acts text for this morning. We heard about these earliest apostles who were waiting for the Holy Spirit to be stirred up among them. They were waiting and watching and wondering what in the world God was doing. And they were following the command of Jesus to just wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit was stirred up. And so they're in this house together when all of the sudden a sound like the rush of a violent wind blows through. A hurricane, if you will, comes among them. Talk about needing some safety goggles. Talk about needing some equipment. And then tongues of fire appear on each of their heads. Elliot read that for us this morning, and on Wednesday night, as he was reading the text, he's going along, and he looks up and he goes, wait, what? Right. Wait, what? Tongues of fire on our heads? Wait, what? A sound like a rush of a violent wind? Wait, what? People able to talk in different languages and understand each other? People from different backgrounds? It is an outrageous story. Wait, what is God up to in this place? When that Holy Spirit gets stirred up among the people, it doesn't take long before they are no longer sitting quietly in a house but instead they move out into the streets. Suddenly they have moved from just waiting around to wandering around in order to go out among God's people to listen to them, to pay attention to people of different backgrounds, of different nationalities, of different languages, and to hear their stories and give them one important message. God loves you. That is the message that the early church was sent to give. And that is the message that we are sent not only to receive, but to bear to others. The Holy Spirit will send us into unusual places. The Holy Spirit will move us from our comfort zone in our pews out into the world. Annie Dillard actually... Um, has similar thoughts to this equipment thing. In fact, she has a quote about how it should be for all of us on Sunday morning. If you watched watch the royal wedding yesterday, you know they all came with their fancy hats, right? The hats were pretty fun. Annie Dillard says, no, we shouldn't wear hats to church. She says, 
Let's see if I can find my quote. Instead of wearing quote of straw and velvet hats, what instead we should be wearing are crash helmets and that the ushers should be giving out life preservers to everyone sitting in the pews. Because if we take seriously what God calls us to do, it means that we don't get to just look fancy, but instead we're moved into action. That's a scary thing. Goggles, crash helmet, life preservers, we need all the equipment. And that's not just for our confirmation students, but it's for all of you. Now these students in particular, I will admit, I was a little bit, I'm a little bit more hesitant than ever to pray this prayer about the Holy Spirit being stirred up because they are the first class I've had who when we went to take our confirmation pictures decided they needed accessories. They actually have them in the front row. Um, could you put them on? So, oh, yours broke. <laughs> it's okay, I think it will still work. Can you stand up and turn around? So our confirmation students um, had to go find some, some halos. And they looked really similar on Wednesday night as they do now. You can sit down. Um, which is that they are shiny and sparkly um, and yet a little bit askew. <laughs> and I think this reminds us as who we are as children of God. That you are God's beloved. You are saints who deserve to be made, who are holy, who are precious, who are loved and forgiven by God. And God is with you in all things that friend to accompany you, and yet you are also unique. So you might not get it quite right. You're human, your halo is askew, but God will be there with you no matter what. And today, as you make that promise and take on the promise of your baptism, God is saying, I'm going to walk with you in all things. That halo will rest upon your head or that seal will be upon your forehead no matter where you go. But my promise is this, is that it's not going to be necessarily the easiest or more comfortable ride, but one in which you are pushed into new places with that one goal, to share my love with others in the world, to reach out beyond the margins in order to bring other people in because you know you are loved. Your mission is to share that love with others. So I think it's time to get our equipment on because we're in for a rough ride. Amen.